buy now, pay later sector is a rapidly accelerating payments ecosystem that has transformed how we spend. According to the Australian Finance Industry Association's report on BNPL, Australians have saved over $102 million in interest that would otherwise go to credit card companies, personal loan providers, retail financing and other credit providers. If you've ever caught yourself thinking, I'll have to pay it, or been tempted by the Klarna pay in four message when shopping online, you can agree with me. There are almost 6 million active accounts in Australia, which adds $14.3 billion to our GDP. Welcome to our latest episode of In Debt with Ulrika Lobo. I am a director of Sparrow Loans, which is a private property lender in the market, and I'm here to tell you all about debt in Australia. Let's jump back into our BNPL expose. So despite all the benefits, BNPL is experiencing a bout of biased reporting. Consumer groups, government officials, and the mainstream media have torn into the BNPL model. They argue that it is a predatory space with a product offering that fuels unsustainable borrowing. Regulation needs to be sharp and swift to make the industry fairer. Yet the critics of BNPL have likely never used it. BNPL is not the vape to the credit card cigarette. It's not just fun branding or a vacuum sucking in every vulnerable consumer looking for cheap credit. It's a groundbreaking innovation in the payment sector which needs regulation appropriate for the space. There can be no one-size-fits-all approach. With the debate on BNPL regulation burning white hot, let's consider how that would work and if the reasoning behind current suggestions is sound. We'll call our average BNPL user Oscar to get a flavour of the industry. Oscar is a 26-year-old content creator who works for a marketing agency in Surrey Hills. Over 70% of Afterpay's global active users are millennials or Gen Z, so Oscar's demographic is absolutely in the majority. He earns a good salary and spends about $275 monthly with Afterpay, mostly on clothes and electronics. Oscar spends a bit more than the average 25-34 year old whose average spend is $197 per month, while the average Aussie spends about $184 per month, just for comparison's sake. Oscar would tell you that BNPL offers better cash flow management and convenience than traditional credit options. Oscar is a part of the 40% of Australians who use Afterpay to make bigger purchases more affordable. Like many young Australians, Oscar has no big financial commitments, so his spending is limited by income and employment status only. With greater job security and a growing economy, Oscar will have better access to credit and more confidence in spending cash without caution. If his job security or employment prospects were at risk, credit would become harder to access and cash management becomes critical to his financial planning. This increases the use case for BNPL options. Apart from cash, BNPL companies are the only payment providers that offer consumers access to credit for eight weeks with no interest charges. If payments are made on time, consumers can spend as freely as if they were using cash. If they miss a payment, they will be charged a late payment fee and their account will be frozen so they can't make any further purchases. This assists users in managing their budgets without worrying about entering into revolving debt cycles, as in credit card debt. Late payment fees may be capped at $50, for example, at Latitude Pay, $68 at Afterpay, 
and up to $250 with PayRite, which has the highest cost cap of all BNPL providers. These cost caps are applicable for any amount owed. Alternatively, credit card providers can charge interest fees of up to 48%, so regulation would not necessarily provide an incentive to lower costs, but could also be used to justify higher cost caps than what they currently are. Buy Now, Pay Later is not a virus targeting vulnerable consumers. It's a gateway to cheap capital for people seeking better cash flow management and those unable to access conventional credit. A recent Treasury paper argues that the unaffordable lending practices of BNPL providers have resulted in 19% of consumers going without essentials. Of the population they surveyed, 42% had at least one stress indicator, and some individuals were sacrificing survival necessities, including groceries. This creates a case for strong intervention as financial well-being becomes an increasing priority in the credit and payment space. It is an especially grim picture of high inflation crushing everyday finances and diminishing real wages. However, the Treasury report does not examine the nuances of essential goods. The Australian Finance Industry Association's report reveals that young people often see entertainment, phone ownership or usage, the internet and putting money into savings as essential. Consumers at different life stages have different priorities and consumption patterns. Disney Plus may be an essential for one group, while putting a meal on the table might be essential for another. These loose definitions cast a shadow on the Treasury's figure and overextend the narrative that BNPL leads to financial mismanagement. For many surveyed, lifestyle and socializing expenses are essential, especially in the younger age groups. This makes a stronger case for BNPL providers as millennials and Gen Z make up more than 50% of the Australian consumer base. Furthermore, Treasury cites the lack of approval criteria as a source of consumer harm. BNPL providers are currently exempt from the Credit Act and do not need to conduct suitability assessments on borrowers or adhere to responsible lending obligations for their users. Platform spending limits are arbitrary, and they do not inquire about income, exacerbating serviceability concerns. This has opened the conversation to the need for credit checks and better due diligence throughout the process. The BNPL code is what the BNPL players abide by to maintain their integrity in the market at the moment. While some regulation is welcome, overregulation or treating BNPL like every other credit provider could remove the cheapest credit access for our most vulnerable. By wanting to help those who are vulnerable, we may be taking away their access to the most cost-effective option. Although this isn't required at the moment, I do agree that BNPL providers should be required to have an Australian credit licence. This would put them under the Responsible Lending Act and require a more extensive due diligence approach. Currently, there are no credit or suitability checks conducted. Users build their credit worthiness with BNPL providers through timely repayments and are rewarded by gradual increases in their spending limits over time. However, it may be prudent for BNPL providers to conduct credit assessments on purchases greater than $150. This is the debt threshold for which a consumer credit provider can list a default on your credit report if it is not repaid in 60 days. To assess whether a consumer can service more than $150, the user could submit payslips or three-month bank statements for the initial verification, just as payday lenders require. 
the push for merchants offering BNPL also to be credit representatives of the BNPL provider is a risky proposition. Compliance requirements for credit representatives are onerous, and merchants are not in a position to take on this responsibility. With strict consequences to breaching compliance, which may even include jail time for transgressors, we may see a lot of technical breaches by vendors that are ill-equipped to meet compliance standards. BNPL can offer a licensed solution, which is an add-on as a third-party supplier of credit. Anything else is overkill. What is more interesting, though, is that the Treasury report also highlights excessive consumer fees as a concern. Research from Curtin University found that a payment schedule on a $40 purchase on 10 fortnightly repayments would incur an interest rate as high as 177% for HUM and 29.32% for ZIP. This same case changes to an interest rate of 12.05% and 14.61% respectively if the purchase was $350 instead of $40. For smaller purchases, this is somewhat problematic given that the average credit card interest rate is 19.94% per annum, not including the annual fees. However, other BNPL platforms cap their fees based on a percentage of the purchase price too. It places people who have not managed their finances well in unstable positions, leading them to cover BNPL payments with additional loans and entrapping them in revolving cycles of debt if they don't want their credit score to be affected. Nevertheless, once the maximum cost cap is reached, the account is frozen and does not continue to rack up further fees. Now, the issue that the Treasury reports concerning excessive fees is not a problem when repayments are made on time. With better due diligence and some level of credit reporting, consumers will not find themselves in debt traps. Furthermore, most BNPL providers have agreed to an industry cap of around 30% and a block on future purchases if repayments are not made on time, preventing debt from growing too excessively. When payments are coming due, BNPL providers also send a text and email reminding you to have enough money in your spending account to cover the debit. On a broader level to address this issue of BNPL regulation, I believe clearer messaging coupled with better education should be implemented. When checking out a BNPL option, they should display messages such as, if you can't afford this now, can you afford a repayment of X dollars every fortnight for three months? Communicating the costs of a BNPL service might deter consumers who can't afford repayments from committing. In addition, the providers could flag the costs of default on the payments portal as well. Regarding education, BNPL providers should have more resources on their website and Australian schools should make more effort to make students financially literate. Financial illiteracy is a problem Australia has faced for decades now. Many adults reflect on their high school years and lament that they did not have any financial education that taught them how to budget, compare credit options, report taxes, save, or provide expectations on the cost of living. Instructional videos on how to budget, what to do if you default on a loan, and the costs of your loan if you default would be valuable for consumers who don't have much experience managing their finances. If we bring these cash flow insights to a younger audience, we set them up with the skills to consume and purchase sustainably. BNPL is an industry in its infancy, and some people do worry that regulation will destroy the industry, but how has it responded to the past crises? At the outset of the pandemic, there was an immense economic uncertainty, 
In May 2020, the unemployment rate hit a high of 7.1% off the back of trading restrictions, contracting consumer spending and lockdowns. People were uncertain about the future and began saving. The savings rate increased to record highs of over 20% and consumers paid down well over $9 billion in outstanding credit debt from March 2020. These drastic measures towards financial restraint highlight how severe our employment crisis was. In the media and everyday conversation, there was a deep pessimism about the future of work in Australia. Yet at the same time, Aussies spent nearly $12 billion through BNPL services throughout financial year 2020 to 2021. Double the result from last year, but still less than 0.5% of all payments. This stems from young people's desire to avoid debt and manage their cash flow. In times of crisis, younger Australians are more likely to engage in budget smoothing to ensure they can consume sustainably. This may explain why Afterpay's consumer base grew by 116% from 2020 to 2021. As lockdowns bit into millennial and Gen Z employment prospects, they turned away from credit and took up BNPL payments to complement their inflated savings accounts and spread out the impact to cash flow. Furthermore, the immediate financial blow from losing a job would be less severe, they could more efficiently plan out future consumption, and they insured themselves from the high-interest payments of traditional credit options. The use of BNPL providers is a strong consumer confidence indicator, in fact. The higher its use, the greater the perceived need for cash flow management. This is likely to continue as the threat of global recession looms and young people find themselves in an increasingly unstable labour market. While unemployment is currently at historical lows, its rise is inevitable and we'll see a tidal wave of consumers moving into BNPL arrangements. This will be exacerbated by the interest rate crunch being spearheaded by the Reserve Bank. As credit options become more expensive, the interest-free BNPL providers become a more attractive value proposition. This is consistent with the data as 48% of BNPL users do not hold a credit card. With credit card annual fees and high interest costs, BNPL has helped Australians save significant amounts and meet their consumption needs and maintain their cash flow by offering interest-free credit with a reasonable cost-free period of eight weeks. Let's look back at some context to understand why younger generations have been so quick to adopt BNPL arrangements in times of crisis. Gen Y, or millennials, came of age in the shadow of the global financial crisis. A financial system in crisis led to a youth labour market that deteriorated quickly and substantially. Youth unemployment had spiked to over 15% for those aged 15 to 19 and to over 8% for those aged 20 to 24. The current generation of millennials knows how challenging life can become without a stable job or the savings to back you up. The current Gen Z consumer has experienced a similar phenomenon with the pandemic. Lockdowns forced people out of work, and where we are now, we're battling an inflation bonfire that is burning a hole in people's wallets. So someone like Oscar, our 26-year-old from earlier, could be a little scarred by the financial crises of the past. We could expect that he'd be more eager to manage his finances and stay in control of his money. Part of that is through using BNPL, and part is through savings. The financial preparedness is also due in part to young people's optimism for the future. 
younger generations are more optimistic about returning to their pre-pandemic routines than older consumers. According to data from McKenzie & Co., 46% of Gen Z consumers have already returned to normal consumption patterns compared to 42% for baby boomers and 43% for Gen X. The buy now, pay later industry is growing at an accelerating pace and is transforming our relationship with credit. It's an industry with much promise, especially for younger and less creditworthy consumers. We believe that regulation should be targeted at reducing initial spending limits to ensure people's credit scores are not adversely affected, conducting more due diligence in the approvals process for larger amounts, making messaging more transparent, and improving education on cash flow management and managing debt obligations. With a few small tweaks, consumers could benefit from the revolutionary BNPL sector without the risk of financial harm. I mean, they've already saved over $102 million. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to In Debt with Ulrika Lobo. I hope you have a lovely weekend ahead and I'll see you back here next week.